0: That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you.
1: The following program has been brought to you by Koshan 555. On January 23rd in New York, Koshan 555 kicks off its 10-city national culinary competition promoting heritage breed pigs and breed diversity. The tasting event will challenge five chefs including Brad Farmery, Peter Hoffman, Bill Telepan, George Mendez, and Sean Rembold to prepare a menu created from five heritage breed pigs nose to tail. Pig-loving Epicureans will have a chance to sample these dishes, along with wines from five different small wineries, as well as the opportunity to help select the king or queen of pork. In addition, guests will be treated to whole pig breakdown demonstrations, followed by a whole roasted heritage breed pig and dessert. General admission tickets start at $125 per person and are available at dot 555com That's dot 555com
2: Hello, and welcome back to the Heritage Radio Network's Farm Report. It is 2011, a new year, and a new time for uh, good food, good uh, conversation. Happy New Year! All right, and uh, for those of you that just heard a few words about the Koshan event uh, happening here in New York City on January 23rd, I will let you know these events are not to be missed. Uh, Definitely a good time, and uh, good food, and amazing drink, and... uh, about that for now. Um, I'm really excited. We have a, a friend of mine on the line, Phil Smeltz of uh, Down to Earth Organic. Um, Phil, how you doing today?
3: Oh, I'm great. Just enjoying the new year and a little bit of downtime that comes along with it.
2: But where exactly are you right now? In Pennsylvania?
3: Uh, I'm in Pennsylvania, just right outside of Philadelphia is where I reside mm. personally.
2: Um, So why don't you um, tell us a a bit about Down to Earth Organics, exactly what it is?
3: Down to Earth Organics is pretty much myself and a friend of mine. Uh, It officially started as my operation, I guess, this past season in 2010. And I pretty much started off on a half an acre that was part of a larger, say, seventeen-acre operation that I worked for for three years prior to that. And, um, and la- okay. No, keep going. Last year, I uh, approached the landowner and my farmer and my boss about renting some land from them and growing my own stuff and selling it. And I worked part time for him last year as well, but started my own operation and. I kind of launched it last year, so I'm pretty new.
2: Well, that's uh, exactly why we have you on the show today. Um, you know, I, yeah. I've, I've kind of heard about you, you know, through some mutual friends of ours, and you know, right. um, was super impressed, you know, by you know your your uh, enthusiasm and your entrepreneurship here with the, with the new farm and uh, you know just being a young farmer as it is. And uh-huh. I was wondering, you know, what brought you to that job? You know, you started three years ago on a farm. Do you have a background in agriculture? You just like being outdoors.
3: No, not, yeah, that's one part of it. I mean, I guess after high school, I did the traditional thing and went to, my parents sent me to college at Susquehanna University, and there I studied business and learned that I wanted nothing to do with traditional business, and after college, I bounced around and was out in Colorado, out in San Francisco, and then finally found myself in Alaska, enjoying the outdoors the whole time, and... After that about year of traveling, it was time to come home and I grew up in Lancaster, Pennsylvania and I moved in with my dad after Alaska and I pretty much the day I got home from that I started working on this farm, uh, at seven dollars an hour, the lowest guy on the totem pole, mm-hmm. uh, working right alongside Young. Um traditional Mennonite Namish Amish kids wow. and fell so, so in love with it <laughs> and I pretty much finished that season off and I signed on for the next year and worked my way up a little bit and built a relationship with the farmer and always like as I was traveling the year after college I spent a lot of time in kitchens uh just making spare money and Gained like a deeper appreciation for food and where it came from, and always enjoying gardening and working outside. So it was kind of like this I don't know this realization that happened to me one day out in the middle of the field picking beets. So I thought it was the coolest thing in the world.
2: (laughs) That makes me really happy to hear.
4: Yeah, so, Phil, I think in um, discussions about farming, we often talk about, you know, who who's working on farms. And there's mm-hmm. this kind of stereotype, one, that American workers don't want farm jobs, and two, that farm work is an unskilled, unskilled labor. Mm-hmm. And being that you have the benefit of kind of coming in at the bottom and really working your way through the system, mm-hmm. I'm just curious, like, what your response to that might be.
3: Um, yeah, my experience is pretty much with the one farm that i've been with and it might be different than a little larger scale farms um... we didn't have migrant workers or conveyor belts or much machinery although it was seventeen acres um, everything was pretty much picked by hand Wow! and yeah, it was very family-run. The gentleman had uh, four children that worked at the farm, and then it was an Amish-style community, so a lot of the children of the neighbors he employed as well. Um,
4: when you say children, can you kind of set an age range for us?
3: Um, I would say the youngest was, I don't know, 14. But definitely, th- depending on age, uh... determined uh... you know the intensity of their job you know
4: of a lot of
3: the younger people were doing more of the easy things and more of the mindless work whereas the older and more experienced were doing you know more of the tractor work and kind of in charge yeah. of the the smaller micro groups within the farm you know more um, team leaders and directing traffic
2: and what were, what were you guys working with on the farm what were you raising there
3: uh, it was diversified organic produce. Um, we be, we were part of another farm, and because we had more land, we were growing more of the stuff that took more space, such as broccoli, cauliflower, potatoes, corn. And our partner farm was focusing on more of the baby greens, the head lettuce. Uh, we did a lot of bunched hardy greens, kale, swiss chard, collard greens. Um, and then we did really nice heirloom tomatoes through the summer because we had 300-foot high tunnels that were movable throughout the field. That uh, that was r- really good for us. What, um, what's a tunnel? Yeah, just, just.
2: Yeah, what's a high
3: tunnel? Uh, a high tunnel is our tunnels. Uh, the dimensions were 20 feet wide by... I'm going to say 100 feet long, but I think it was actually 96 feet long. It is. They are unheated, um, so but they do have roll up sides, and they're mainly for season extension. Um, so, so
4: it's kind so of like kind a p- like a, and, and, a pup cut kind of, for the vegetables, it, or. <laughs> They're what? It's a kind of like a pup tent for the vegetables. Or kind
3: you... of like a pup tent. Yeah, it's a huge mm-hmm. tunnel, and both the sides are on rails. So when it's time to change crops underneath the tunnel, we pretty much chain two tractors up to it and pull it down the field to the next to the ne- to, to the next crop. So like, it's like a like like a standard rotation would be like. You start the year off with kale and greens in the early spring. The next movement will be to early zucchini. The next movement will be to summer heirloom tomatoes. And then the next movement will be for overwintering leeks. So So you can really use the tunnel in a lot of, without heating and using all that, just by the, the greenhouse style... You know, heat in the summer, we roll up the sides to vent the tomatoes. But in the early spring and early fall, we roll down the sides to keep it nice and protected from the wind and the cold.
4: I saw some really beautiful pictures of the tomatoes on your Facebook page. Did you guys have any trouble with the tomato blight that was hitting a lot of farmers in the northeast this year? Um,
3: Two years ago, we did. I mean, it seems like with blight... um, a lot of when it's when it's really wet and then it gets really hot after it's wet that's when it seems that the disease wants to um thrive but for as far as last year goes it, it was pretty dry and pretty mild so um my personal on my half acre last year I didn't have any of my tomatoes under cover and uh, they all caught it by the end of the year, but I, ha- I still had a fairly good harvest, I thought. I was doing a lot of heirloom varieties, too, so they're a little bit trickier to do outside than the hardier, you know, hybrid reds.
2: Um. So, when, you know, when you approached the person you were working for to kind of take a piece of his land, uh, how did that conversation go? I mean, you know, where were you hoping um, to, to go with the, the half-acre? What was, you know, what interested you Yeah,
3: had? yeah, um... So the the year before the year before I uh approached him about renting his land, I actually ran a farmers market for him um and that was when I first got introduced to the retail side of things and the money that could be made on a small scale. And it was through working with him that I kept expressing interest on like man i think like one man can make a living off a half acre of land if they and it was kind of like an approached experiment i guess i could say about hey jim you mind if i rent some land next year and try to get get a farmer's market of my own and see if i can make this happen and i mean i have so much respect for jim because i was pretty involved in his operation prior to kind of going doing my own thing so I really appreciate him letting me kind of take time away from him to do my own thing. But as it turns out, that's kind of how he got started in his Mm -hmm. early years. It was a guy that he worked for that he kind of branched off of. So it was pretty easy, you know. It was pretty natural for him and for Mm -hmm. me. And, you know, it just kind of has been working out all along here.
4: I think that's like a common a, a common story that we see here for for young um people who are interested in food and getting involved in the food movement. It's like this willingness to kind of go and essentially apprentice yourself to someone. You said you were making seven dollars an hour. I mean obviously right. that that's not a, a living wage. Um and and this idea i think you read a lot about the average age of american farmers being i think 62 mm-hmm. and kind of who's coming up behind them to replace them i mean it, it sounds like you're stepping into into that void what is your what is your hope for the future i mean what are kind of the barriers to entry for for young farmers i mean obviously it's the well, skill set and knowing how to farm but right. what are you thinking as far as access to land and really like long right. more yeah. long term planning for your your life. Right,
3: that's what really enticed me about getting my first year on Jim's location because I was able to start last year with pretty low initial cost. Mm-hmm. Um, I pretty much bought my fertilizer, from a lot of my materials from him Right. and he allowed me to pay him at the end of the year. Mm-hmm. Um, I was able to rent his tractor by the hour. Um, He actually laid some of my plastic for me, and there was kind of like this agreement set out on payment before the year started, so it didn't take me much to go to to make it happen, but where I stand right now is um, this coming up year, I just signed a, well, I'm in the process of signing a three-year contract um, at a 15-acre property um, with a house that That was one of my uh, pretty big barriers last year was I didn't live on site of my land. I had to travel every day if I wanted to harvest. So Mm. just like the efficiency and vegetables seem to be all about timing, there's a window where you need to pick and there's a window where you need to plant. And because I was commuting, I wasn't able to hit that window as good as I could. Um... So I'm in the process of mo- this this next year, I'm moving away from Jim onto my own spot. And the land that I'm moving to, um, the infrastructure is not set in place. So mm-hmm. this winter, I've been trying to put together an irrigation system and plow the field for the first time. And of course, plowing the field means you need a tractor. So I had to buy my first tractor. Mm-hmm. And just like all the all the initial and all the money i made last year is pretty much reinvested into this next year so i feel like i'm risking quite a bit which makes me a little uh uneasy but i guess that's just how beginning business goes i'm not sure yet but there but i'm looking for funding through the USDA a little bit but it seems like any time you want to borrow money from the government mm-hmm there's quite a bit of hoops to jump through and some conservation (laughs) yeah so at this point i'm kind of straying away from uh that sort of funding and i'm looking for friends and family to help me out which looks like it's going to be a pretty good option so they just seem more flexible rather than a bank or the government coming after you Mm -hmm. you know because it is high risk you know and I don't know. People need to trust you if they're going to give you your money anyway, so.
2: <laughs> well, we definitely want to hear a lot more about, you know, the plans for the the new farm and the new space and, uh, you know, everything that you've got going on right now to prepare for that. So we're going to take a short break. We're going to come right back with Bill Smeltz of Down to Earth Organics on today's Farmer Park.
1: Anywhere I wanna go, I'm got it by a cigarillo Puffing on a bucket loader, and banging instrumentals In a rental car, hot, boxing all the way home I'm a stoner star with cotton mouse syndrome Mind blown, been gone, cheaping on this Maui Waui I got the bowl loaded, the windows getting cloudy Roll it down, pass it round, put it in the air Let the crossing guard stare we Yeah.
2: We were just listening to Rec Tech of Fancy Restaurant Records. And uh, Ooh, uh, <laughs> we're uh, back right now. We've got Phil Snulph on the line with us. I'm um, right outside of Philly right now of Down to Earth Organics. And uh, we're getting a little bit into infrastructure as this new season approaches. Yeah,
4: Phil, you said you bought a new tractor. I have to say, my first trip to <laughs> the, the Washt- Washington County Fair uh, in upstate New York, I was. Really drawn to the tractor exhibits uh, through the mm-hmm. ages, and then the current equipment. And I have to say, my jaw dropped when I turned those price stickers around. So, <laughs> just so our listeners kind of have a sense, like what what's the going price for for tractors today? If you're talking new, mm-hmm. used, like what yeah, what I were mean, your parameters?
3: It, it depends on size and horsepower. Uh, four-wheel drive, two-wheel drive, Mm -hmm. uh, the hydraulics, if there's a bucket on the front. Rims. Um, (laughs) Yeah, tractors can really be, you know, just really help the farmer out as far as efficiency. And if you got the right tractor, you know, certain tractors do you no good, you know. Sometimes they're too big or too small. So I was looking for, like, a pretty, like, all-purpose tractor, The farm I was working on had three different style tractors, you know, a plowing, a cultivating, and just a universal, but obviously didn't have that luxury, so I had to buy the perfect tractor, so I went with, yeah, did some shopping, (laughs) a lot of internet time. Um, I went with a Ford 1710 four wheel drive uh, with a five foot bucket on the front. I bought it used. It's probably a late 80s model. Yes. And I got it for a whopping, shall I say?
4: Yeah, say it. Bring it.
3: Uh,. Fifty eight hundred dollars.
4: Damn, fifty eight hundred. Oh, I have to say, for for our listeners who may not have been, you know, googling tractor sales, <laughs> um, you know, a a new a new tractor is going to run you somewhere in in the you know forty to seventy thousand dollar range <laughs> at at kind of the low end. So, you see a lot of uh, reduce, reuse, recycle in the tractor world.
3: Um, Absolutely, we- yeah, they hold value too, which was important to me. Being able to resell it yeah, for a so- good price, I thought, was important, you know, because they're durable. And if you take care of it, the next person down the line was time for me to make upgrades. I can sell it to the next new farmer for... Just about the same price. I was. I'm hoping for.
4: Yeah, that sounds good. Yeah, we were. T- we were talking a little bit in the break about. I know my time on the farm. I was kind of shocked as I got more and more into it by how many different things you needed to be good at to be a farmer. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, what yeah. what were some of the big surprises for you, and and what are they? Kind of looking forward as you get into developing yep. your own space.
3: Um, definitely mechanical. Um, especially when you're looking uh, at the tractor itself. I'm having, currently having a PTO problem. So I don't know much about tractors, but I know a little bit. So it looks like I got to dive into the clutch and, uh, work on that whole, uh, that whole system here this winter before next season starts. So yeah, good mechanic. My, my biggest issue was, um, acquire, like, the money to acquire the right tools. You know, you can't be a mechanic if you don't have a mechanic tool set, and I was always borrowing people's tools, so not only do I need to learn everything, I need to acquire the tools to do everything, and if you're going to use them for a while, why rent them, you know? Sure. Um,
4: it's more than just your Leatherman to get the job done? <laughs> <laughs> oh,
3: definitely. Um, but yeah, and like, I don't know, like, it's cheaper to kind of build your own things obviously than pay people to build them for you yeah. so I mean all things like carpentry I was using quite a bit to get my packing shed and cooler you know framing out walls and um, just little things but all trades plumbing for instance to tap into the well and get the irrigation system going that was I actually contracted some of that out because I didn't feel completely comfortable doing that so I did take a little cost hit with the plumbing, but, you know, honestly, all trades, I'm just just about to buy a welder because there's some metal on metal that I need to do that Mm -hmm. I'm not completely comfortable with, but that's something else I can learn, that's something else about farming that's great that really I liked was just, you know, the continued education, and it's all hands-on, and it's all using your hands and your mind, you know?
2: Whatever it takes to get the job done. Yeah. So, um, are, are you still in school? Do you have the opportunity to kind of drag some friends and uh, get them all working for you?
3: <laughs> um, I'm not in school. Well, traditional school, I guess you could say. Um, But, yeah, I got a partner who's my age, uh, and a couple of my friends are actually doing grad school now, and they're kind of on board to help me this summer. My friend Joey Kack, he'll be helping me. Nice. Um, So... I don't know. There's pl- there's plenty of help out there. I don't know how much of the help is free, <laughs> which might be a problem. So I'm always looking for volunteers and unpaid help because a second hand just always makes the job go quicker and easier.
4: What's the way? Uh, so you guys are still in Lancaster County or the new the uh, new spaces? Is-
3: the new space is actually in Kennett Square, which is in Chester County. It's probably oh an hour west of philadelphia down route one they call it the mushroom capital of the world so i'll be kind of an outcast growing my vegetables in this territory
1: that that might be a benefit
3: exactly and i don't know as far as compost goes i hear mushroom produces great compost so i might be in good soil territory which i'm kind of hoping for
4: that sounds good if people if people want to get in touch with you to learn a little bit more about your farm uh where do you where should we direct them
3: uh, I've been using Facebook just because it's pretty easy, but I have an email that I was using for my CSA, and that is down to earth, all one word, two as in T O, and that's .csa at gmail.com. That's down to at gmail.com.
2: Awesome. Dot com. <laughs> well, that was awesome. Um, so, what do we have? Um, you know, all these 50, fifteen acres is your is your new spot. Is yeah. that all going to be? Um, no.
3: Okay. <laughs> just about just about four.
2: Oh, just oh, just.
3: <laughs> just about four. Yes. Even the high mark. I want to get a small chicken coop going, so I kind of want to get a little bit away, and some pigs possibly will take up some land. Yeah. Um.
4: Great. And what so, do you yeah, see, did, like, where, where are your outlets going to be? Where do you, Are you going to set up a new market? Are you going to do a CSA uh, system again? What's going to work yeah. for
3: you? Uh, last year I did two farmer's markets and a small 12-person CSA. Um, this year I plan on... Possibly staying with the two farmers markets I did last year. I did a Saturday morning market, which was in Rittenhouse Square, Center City, which is just an awesome market. If anyone's near Philly, go there and check us out. But. Uh yeah, we're going to try to really build the CSA. Uh, we're going to go for possibly 60 to 80 members. Uh, hopefully we're going to stick with local people that can pick up at the farm itself rather than us deliver it to them. Mm-hmm. But if that doesn't work out, you know, I might have to open up another market somewhere. Um, but I just think CSA, as far as vegetables go, is just a great uh, way to distribute.
2: And uh, where are you getting your seeds from, Uh what are
3: you
2: planning? Seed.
3: What are you planning um, to, to raise this year? What? Or uh, so I get my seeds from just uh, a couple different seeds catalogs. I try to stick with organic seeds, and we're pretty much doing it all. Um, from all the root crops and all the fruiting crops in the summer, and so not a lot of one thing. But what's the saying? I forget. <laughs> a lot of a little, or a little of a lot. <laughs> A little yeah, a
4: little of a lot, right?
3: Little bit of everything I'll try, I think.
4: And are you guys gonna go for organic certification? Um
3: that's in the works. I have all the paperwork, I'm just now paging through it, but um I'm kind of at a point because I'm still renting land, um how much you know, it's um chances are I won't be there in fifteen years, so how much do I wanna put into the time that I'm gonna be there? Um, because I'm selling retail, it's not a huge deal if your customers know you pretty well. Um, but it does help, definitely. But there's more cost going into organics anyway, so you got to up your prices a little bit. So it's it's not on my priority, but if it's if it if it seems if it seems like a, it's it's a possibility, uh, the property was fallow here, so I shouldn't have too many barriers to get it. But it's just all about the paperwork and figuring that whole side of it. This past year, the guy I worked for he was already certified, so although I practice certif- uh, although I practice organics, I was never. Uh, uh, meeting with the inspector and in the bureau- uh, bureaucratic part of it. So
2: yeah, I mean are
3: definitely kind of untapped territory that I'm willing to willing to tackle if there's time, but it's not not <laughs> huge. I'll still be practicing anyway, so.
2: Right, well, yeah, I feel like a lot of farmers are, are definitely in the same place as you in Yeah, in right, regard. you know,
3: it's like a, like a cost-benefit, you know, is it worth, you know, for, for my uh, unique uh, situation, is it worth it, so...
2: I mean, this all sounds so wonderful. I, I kind of was wondering if there was um, any part of, um, you know, working on the, that last farm that was discouraging to you at all. Hmm. <laughs> there had to have been some. <laughs>
3: yeah, um... At first, it seemed like, I don't know, just being in the field uh, five to six days a week and just interacting with the people you work with was pretty tough to me. But once I started doing, like, the farmer's markets and interacting with the public and the end consumer, and, like, it was kind of splitting my week up, Mm -hmm. um, you know, because I'd be in the field three days and I'd go to market. It was just really nice overall. So at first, I would say, like... Although working in the field on your knees in the dirt is fun and great and there's so much I like about it, uh, being the bottom guy and doing it day in and day out is kind of monotonous, you know, to the T. <laughs> so... That was one thing I didn't like, but as my responsibility increased, I was in charge of more things, so I kept more busy. Um,
4: what did they say? Oh. Variety's spice of life.
2: Exactly. Yeah, exactly.
3: Oh I don't God. want to do everything all day.
2: And it's definitely really nice to hear that, you know, you being in the retail end and meeting people and having them meet you uh, kind of attracted right. you to continue doing this, because uh, that's kind of what we're all about here, is just getting to know yeah. the farmer and making sure you all know where your food's coming from. And, uh I'm uh, really happy to, to hear you know we've got new young farmers that are attracted to this as well so Phil it's been awesome to have you on the show today and you oh, know, we really wish you luck um, you know with this Thank upcoming you. season and hope to bring you back on uh, maybe uh, after yeah, grow and yeah. kind of figure oh. out
4: where things are at how's it going.
2: And um, yeah. for, for anyone in the, you know, Philly area, um, look for down-to-earth organics to this upcoming season, hopefully at the Ritten Square, Rittenberg Square, where is it going to
3: be? Rittenhouse, actually, Rittenhouse. Rittenhouse Square.
2: Okay, cool. Well, Phil, um, thanks again. And um, to all you listeners out there, we'll be back next Thursday at 1 o'clock Eastern Standard Time live.
3: Peace.
2: Peace.